Hello and welcome back to the latest, the official podcast of the Brock Press, where we take you behind the headlines and do a deep dive into some of the many interesting articles written by our team this week. My name is Noah Nicola, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brock Press, and as always, I'm joined with uh, Holly Morrison, our managing editor, and John Dayton, our editor-at-large. Uh, how are you both doing? Doing well, thanks. Good to be back. Also doing pretty well. Classes, work. It's going. That's right. It's definitely going. Uh, so this week, we all kind of agreed, a little bit of a slower news week, but nothing wrong with that. Still a lot of great articles written and really just kind of gives us a chance to, to dive into some stuff that we might not have before and I might have uh, passed over in previous weeks. And uh, with that, I'm going to turn it to Jonah for some in-depth sports coverage. Yeah, so I only in-depth deeply cover baseball because that's my, my sport. Um, so I can give you the scoops on that. Uh, they basically they played a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday, both against Laurier. So four games in two days. Uh, they smoked them the first three games. And then, you know, they, they lost the they dropped the last one. But three and one uh, this weekend. They went two and two last weekend. So they're sitting at five and three right now, uh, heading into another doubleheader, another pair of doubleheaders against um Waterloo this upcoming weekend, and um, season's going well so far. It's just good to be back covering uh, baseball, and it's been almost two years since uh, the previous season because they didn't play at all last year. Um, so baseball uh, went well, um, and and then men's rugby also went well. They won thirteen to twelve against Western, and uh, and and that's about that's about it for positive news. The rugby, the women's rugby team lost 52-0 to Queens. Um, but Queens is, is, they're nationally ranked. Holly would know better than I, yeah. Yeah, Queens is number one in the province. I think they were number two in the country in 2019. They have a national silver medal and a provincial gold medal. They just like, they're like elite in Ontario. They're, I guess, the Golden Gales for a reason. Yeah, they rock. Brock actually did pretty well to only lose by 50. I know that sounds like kind of a slight, but it's really not. Like, Queens beats teams like 100 to nothing. I recall seeing like an 89-0 result at some point, so I'll get back to you uh, on that. But um, soccer is back playing. Um, Both men's and women's team uh, had a home-and-home set against Western. The men uh, tied in game one and then dropped the second game and the women's team uh, lost both games 4-2, 4-0 and uh, women's softball also had a pair of doubleheaders their Saturday one uh, was postponed due to rain so they only played two games uh, both against Guelph on Sunday and they split that so we will now turn to Noah who does not know about sports for his thoughts yeah wasn't that great sports talk I love it I love it no I I do enjoy very casual, emphasis on very casual professional sports, but certainly don't know enough and I'm not invested enough to engage at this level. But, I mean, you know, great work for those who are doing well, and I'm sure everyone's happy to be to be back. I know you guys are both happy to be back uh, doing what you love, covering this stuff, and I'm sure they're all happy to be back uh, playing. So it's good stuff, but... Yeah, I found in 2019 the Queens women's rugby team beat York 90 to five. So 50 to nothing isn't. It could be worse. That's what. That's what we'll say. Yeah, it's it's nothing to like turn your nose up at to lose 50 nothing to Queens. Brock is like 
the way they do rugby is they have two divisions. There's the Shields and the Russell division. And for, like, five years, Brock was the best team in the Russell division, which is kind of, like, the second-ranked division. And because they're the best, they got bumped up to the Shields division. Um, so they're, like, the fourth-place team in the best division. So they're really sort of, like, on an upswing, really just sort of working to, like, get, get you know, up to the level of, you know, a Guelph or a York. It's hard to get to the level of a Queens. But, yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, I don't know... I don't know much at all about rugby. I have never covered it in my four years here. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much just stick to baseball in the fall. That's what I know. But um, this year we are lucky to have uh, writers who do know rugby and uh, do know soccer and can give it the coverage it deserves. And into uh, now maybe a more serious topic, although... Sports is serious, but in a different way. In a different way. Uh, so the first ever National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is this coming Thursday, uh, September 30th. There's lots happening in the region, which uh, Devani Shah wrote about uh, in terms of kind of things to commemorate the day and to recognize, um, you know, the the, mal- the mistreatment of Indigenous people and their, um, you know, s- certainly uh, troubled history with the Canadian government and their um, horrific treatment of them and how that kind of reverberates today and in many ways continues today. And uh, kind of coming off of the, the Day of Truth and Reconciliation, there's recently uh, emerged that a, uh, a young high school student, she's been in, got in trouble at her high school for, for protesting the national anthem. Uh, she's an Indigenous uh, young woman and uh, she felt that it was right to uh, sit through the, the Canadian National Anthem in protest of uh, treatment of her um, ancestors uh, by the Canadian government and kind of how that still is certainly impacting herself and her family uh, today. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a very interesting piece, or not piece, my piece. I thought it was an interesting story. That's why I wrote a piece about it. Uh, and, you know, I uh, I think it kind of tied into the to this week and, what is being done to uh, to try and commemorate this properly, and it's certainly a, a sticky situation for for any government to try to um, wade through, really because of their almost complacency or complicit. You know, they are almost complicit in in the history of what their their governments have been have been a part of. So, certainly is is not easy. Uh, to traverse, but it looks like things seem to be going in a positive direction, at least from my woefully um, uneducated and certainly inexperienced position as as a as a white settler uh, Canadian who's benefited from the systems in place of this country. So, um, just want to swing it over to you guys uh, to, to stop me from running my mouth. So, what are your guys' thoughts on you know there being a national day? for truth and reconciliation. When he says swing it around, he means literally because we have to swing around the microphone in order to record. But um, I, I, you know, it's a good it's a good thing to do. Um, uh, it was mentioned in uh, Duane's article that it is not recognized provincially here in Ontario. Um, so that should be the next step. Um, holiday also seems a little joyous, no? For a, like, it's just, like Remembrance Day is just like a day, you know? Like, it seems like holiday is the wrong word, but um, 
in terms of, of Noah's opinion article about um, standing for the anthem, um, my my high school, I'm sure you guys as well, would play the anthem every morning at uh, like my 8:50, and that's when we started. And um, it was ridiculous. I don't I don't see why we need to play the anthem every day before school. And then really, if you got if you like were late in the hallway, you couldn't like continue trekking onto class you have to like freeze and wait till it's over like it's insane so i think the anthem playings in general are overblown i've also never understood why it has to be played before every sports games when the players aren't even canadian or in hockey you have uh they play like the american anthem and it's like a team full of canadians and russians like what are we doing here so anthems i think are overblown and uh, do not need to be played as frequently as they do yeah, it's just another one of those things that it's, Noah talked about it in the article, it's like forcing you to revere something that when reverence is really something that should be earned. Um, so yeah, I obviously, like, as established, I'm a sports person, not standing for the anthem, very much a valid form of protest, because pro the point of protest is to either, you know, inconvenience someone, make someone uncomfortable, and as we saw not standing for the anthem, especially in a sporting context, certainly made a lot of people, especially white people, very uncomfortable. Um, and really, like, it's kind of important to think about why that is. You know, why is this song so important? Why is it so important for us to honor a country that was sort of founded on colonization and stolen land? And then also on that same note, having a federally recognized holiday is just another one of those things that's very much just sort of the least that we can do. Um, I do sort of think that when it comes to the treatment of Indigenous people, the Canadian government does very much enjoy those gestures that can sort of be summed up as, like, the least we can do. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, talk about least we can do, because literally almost no one is being given the, the day off. It's being treated. It is actually, um, they compared it directly to Remembrance Day. Uh, but I think it's more out of a point of convenience and a, a lack of willingness to, to give people that day. Uh, yeah, holiday is maybe uh, has a different connotation to it, but certainly I think there's justification for for giving the day. Um, but you know that's going to take uh, movement, and really shows you how how far there is to come on even just as Holly said, something that's um, should be a slam dunk kind of symbolic gesture, um, something that can certainly hold a lot of meaning and weight, but clearly at the end of the day is um, is only a single day, right? So to even be fumbling on that is is pretty funny uh, and pretty characteristic and emblematic of, of our governments and their treatment of Indigenous people. Uh, but something that, Jonah, you mentioned about having to play the anthem uh, when you're in school, that's actually the law in Ontario and quite a few provinces that they are obligated to play it every single day and the same goes for uh, the sporting events why they play it there is actually mandated by law which just to me again also as Holly said and also said in the article just is so insecure in your in your country <laughs> and your and you know what what is owed to it or what you think is it is deserved right to to mandate uh, you giving it praise it really you know, I, I was being a bit hyperbolic in the article, but it is kind of a, a North Korean style move, right? To to forcibly make people be proud of your country, to not allow its uh, history and track record to stand on its own is, is pretty laughable to me. Yeah, like I sort of cover hockey and have for this job. 
And the reverence that is given to the flag and the anthem in that environment is, like, absolutely insane. I remember I was at a game one time, and I was just finishing up my notes as the anthem started. And, like, I am generally a person who does not have a lot of respect for this country and the things that they have done. I don't have that reverence for the anthem. I've seen a lot of terrible things done to a lot of people in the name of Canada. So I was just finishing up my notes, and the looks that, like, I, a white person, got for not showing the anthem reverence in that hockey setting. It's just so just nationalistic and twisted, especially because you consider that this is a country that is founded sort of on the back of displacing people and killing them, which is, you know, I, that's not a thing that should be celebrated, and it's certainly not a thing that should be mandatorily celebrated. Uh, yeah, I remember, I think last, last year, um... I believe it was Mark Cuban who who owns uh, the Dallas Mavericks who just said like we're gonna just not play the anthem before the game and the NBA was like no you have to and, and that lasted I think they didn't play it for like a few games maybe even that if that but yeah no so you're right it is like a mandate but um, it seems silly Olympics I guess it would be appropriate because it's like the whole point is like national pride so you play the countries of the podium teams or whatever but just in general playing anthems everywhere you go is a bit much and um i don't know it just seems unnecessary yeah they did the same thing um because holly will always go uh women's sports example uh but they did the same thing with the wnba and you know the wnba is sort of the team that sort of leads professional sports leagues when it comes to activism um just as a general rule um a league full of black women will tend to do that but they um in the playoffs in the bubble last season they sort of left the court before the anthems played. So they didn't even kneel. They didn't even like sit. They just left. They refused to sort of participate in it. So the anthem played to sort of an empty building. And the absolute like just beating that they took from the media for doing that, again, in a country that sort of does not support them as people, um, was just sort of very telling of the way that people sort of view anthems it's sort of it's very performative it's a performance and if you're not willing to perform that then people do sort of assume that you're a bad person it's funny that the nba has quite the track record uh, you know mandating that you play and stand for the u.s national anthem while also refusing to uh you know denounce the the uh, chinese treatment of weaker muslims in the country and consistently accepting you know, money from China and investment from them and turning their nose to so many things. It's just, it's funny the the things that can, can be influenced kind of by, by social pressure and things that clearly, you know, um, money is at the at the end of the day in charge. And, and also, I mean, even just, um, you know, just it's, it's so funny to watch it on display what is considered totally uh, acceptable or passable or kind of fits within what we understand X institution to be and how it should behave and what is just beyond the pale. And apparently it's people uh, kneeling or sitting during the national anthem, which to me is just, just mind boggling. Yeah. Like it's very much sitting or kneeling during the national anthem is such, it does not affect what anyone else is doing. All it does is make sort of very patriotic, generally white people very uncomfortable because you're not doing what they think you're supposed to be doing, which is 
not mind-boggling, it feels very right for a group of patriotic white people that does feel like something that, you know, they would do. Um, but it's very much like a very peaceful way to protest something that is an injustice. And I don't think that anyone should have to stand for the national anthem if they do not want to, but especially people who have sort of been systematically, systemically mistreated by a government should not ever have to do anything to honor that government at the very least. So for our third and final article, uh, articles actually, uh, we're gonna talk about a couple. We're gonna talk about an article that I wrote. Um, I wanna make it clear that I don't make the outline. I'm not picking my own articles every week. This is Noah doing this to me. Um, but I wrote about hybrid classes, which are sort of the bane of my existence, perhaps the bane of everyone's existence. They're hard, they um, are very hard to organize, they, you know, there's a strange amount of work in a strange amount of places required for them. I sort of talk about the appeal of in-person classes versus online ones and how hybrid classes miss out on every single benefit of either kind. Um, so yeah, I wrote about that. School's hard, it's, you know, hybrid classes only make it harder, but then, you know, on sort of a more positive note related to school, uh, Morgan wrote a nice piece about self-care, uh, which is something sort of important to remember, especially as we head into midterm season and, you know, beyond that, just take care of yourself. So I did want to talk to you guys about hybrid classes. So in your experience, we've all had a little bit of experience taking different kinds of classes. So I want both of you to rank the different forms of class delivery and why is hybrid the worst one. So I guess the kinds of class delivery that we've had have been like online, in-person and hybrid. Basically, there's like a couple other kinds, but I don't think any of us have had those. Yeah, it's definitely in-person, online, hybrid in that order. Um, the I, Holly mentioned this, and it's it's like so true in her piece about the reason you take, or the reason I take uh, asynchronous online classes is because I want a credit I don't have to think about and that I can do at my own pace, at my own time. So like in I've taken like the Astro class, the both of the earth science class, like these are easy 90s that I don't have to think about and I can do at my own pace. Um, but when you when you put in the like synchronous online bits, like they're just brutal, like the Microsoft Teams seminars, the Zoom seminars um, are just so bad and they're so awkward and they never have flow. Um, and I don't know, I just the the in person to me is most, the way I will be most engaged is if I have someone speaking to me uh, in person. Um, the online class, have, I do think like the asynchronous online classes are a good thing um, because f taking five like hard classes like is a lot. I've pretty much tried to do four in person like hard classes and then one I don't have to think about. I honestly, after this, well, before this year, I would have said in person is definitely the best. Uh, but I think I like synchronous online courses the best i think that's my favorite kind and i it's more of a, a comfort thing for me and also kind of feeds into my laziness <laughs> and procrastination because lord knows i'm late for everything every single thing in my life without fail i will be late because i my people have like morning rituals right like not like but just how you kind of go about your your routine like your morning routine and mine just happens to be so insanely slow and it's pretty much the only way i can like 
feel like I'm actually awake and like into my day. It takes me just so long. So if I have pretty much anything before like 11 a.m., it's going to be a rush job to get to get there and to get that going and get that done. So what I love is when you have the online courses, even if it's set at a time that's early for me, like 10 a.m., God forbid there's a class so early. It's not actually early. I did air quotes. You can't see those. But uh, at least then I can just roll out of bed 10 minutes too, hop on my computer, turn that uh, camera off, turn the microphone off, and I'm in class. And I didn't know I, how much I would enjoy that until last year when that's literally the only option we had. Uh, but yeah, that for me is number one, really just because it can allow me to keep putting things off and doing these things that ultimately are terrible for me, but are making me feel better uh, day by day. Yeah, for me, it's definitely like sort of like a 1A, 1B thing between in-person and online. Like they both have their benefits. Like I guess the benefit of an in-person class is, you know, you've got to go. There's someone there talking to you, you get to, you know, have that engagement with other people, which is always really nice. Uh, but then there's sort of, like, the thing with, like, online classes is, I found at least in the past year, is that it's quite easy to fall behind in an online class, for sure. But it's also quite easy to catch up. Um, for me, at least, I could sort of sit there for, like, I'm sort of exposing myself. I could sit there for, like, an entire day doing a couple weeks' worth of lectures and be caught up and then have all the things that I need to do, the assignment that's due that night, because that is, unfortunately, how I did it for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, hybrid class is definitely dead last. Um, but there's definitely an appeal of an online class that I do enjoy. One being, you know, I don't have to leave the house that day necessarily, which was very nice during COVID when leaving the house, you know, didn't feel so great. Um, and now it's nice because it's getting a little bit colder. I don't have to brave the bus stop in the snow. Um, you know, I don't have to get there early because, you know, I take the bus. And for a class, I have a 9 a.m. on Wednesday, and I have to leave at, like, 8 a.m. to get there on time to catch, you know, my bus and have enough time to get to class. Um, but if I have a 9 a.m. that's an online synchronous lecture, maybe, I can get up at, like, 8.30 and be fine, or, you know, 8.55 and be a little bit less than fine, but still in class. Um, so, yeah, but hybrid, definitely dead last. Um, professors are, I guess, trying to, like, experiment with the form which isn't working out super well. There's nothing, nobody wants to sort of do a lecture online and then have to go into a class to discuss it. It's just brutal. Yeah, I will, I will say like my least, absolute least, I haven't actually taken many hybrid classes. I've been doing one this year and I think this is like the first and only one I've done. Um, but my, my absolute least favorite uh, classes are the ones that have 16 different websites and, and softwares and whatnot. And like one of my professors um, this year was, he's like, it's Professor Hyatt, if anybody knows who he is, but definitely like probably my favorite professor, but he basically, he like you show up to class and he teaches a lecture. And then if we have a quiz, he will give you a piece of paper and you will give it back to him. And that's it. It is, it's like such a straightforward, simple class. There's, it's very easy to follow. And, um, some of my other classes, like I have, I have Sakai that I have to watch the lectures on, but then we have the seminar on teams. And then there's a simulation that I got to sign up for, which is on another website. And I have a million different tabs open to do like 25 minutes of work and it's a mess. So 
definitely like the the classes that I have to download for things for and go from website hopping to website hopping it, it, it's just it, it's just a nightmare it's always my least favorite ones I hate the ones that you have to sign up for things and then you're, you're you know like you have your phone you're answering questions on your phone but they're showing up on your computer and then you have to follow along on this website they're just a mess I like the classes that are simple you show up they teach you you take the notes and then you write a you write your assignment on paper and then you give it in I don't need to worry about turn it in you know watching my essay yeah I love I love things on paper like I if anyone's ever seen me in a lecture I am sort of that like sort of like pretentious person who's like I don't even take my laptop out of my bag because I have a pen and paper and I like I like to take my notes by hand I just find that I remember things better that way but then like there's always that moment where the professor's like and now we're gonna do a little quiz on Sakai and I have to like get my laptop out and it's like I don't know why do I have to do that I'm didn't I'm not here for you to like teach me how to do online things there's like one class where I have to every week we have to do an assignment and it's sort of like an in-class assignment but you have to submit it on Sakai we have to do a chapter quiz every week we have to we get seminar marks um and then there's like other projects in the class but like every week is like a quiz that's worth like two and a half percent and it's like that's not a whole lot of you know marks but it's so much just work because it takes like an hour to do this quiz I don't know I'm just complaining now but it's brutal. It's just, I don't know, when we went online, it feels like professors were like, I need to keep them engaged. And the way to do that is to give them just pounds and pounds and pounds of work. And that sucks. Yeah, the, the tiny, minute 2% assignments, like, bane of my existence, give me three to four assignments worth 30 to 40% and let me bang them out. And, and that's it. I can't stand the weekly forum posts worth 5%. Give me an essay, I'll put all my marbles in two or three bags, and I'll take my chances. Yeah, I'm definitely the same way. I hate having to cite sources for my 200-word, 2% forum post every freaking week. It makes absolutely no sense. I'd rather you give me a 70% final essay, <laughs> frankly. I mean, yeah, ideally, as Jonas said, a couple assignments, but... Really, if it came down to it, I would take one assignment worth 100% over <laughs> over all that uh, stupid garbage, uh, which really brings back memories of high school, except in high school, you had to be there every day, and they really just had to occupy your time most days, right? So it made a little bit more sense that you had kind of daily little things or like weekly small things, but now it's like, this is interrupting my time. <laughs> I'm trying to balance many other things, and the last thing I need is a little check-in waste of my time uh, for your annoying class <laughs> but lo and behold everyone thinks that their class is so important uh, that they feel the need to do that yeah so on that note we've all just sort of talked about how hybrid classes are stressful and it's hard to schedule around them so sort of swinging into Morgan's article she sort of laid out some good ways to sort of practice self-care you know maybe that's taking a day to just sort of stay in bed and like you know catch up on a tv show sort of you know take a break for you or it might be like getting your schedule together and taking a shower just all of those sort of small things that sort of add up to sort of the big practice that is self-care um i know self-care is i guess something that maybe i don't practice as much as i should i am quite a busy person um 
so I just sort of wanted to ask, what are you guys doing to practice self-care? Is it anything sort of like that was in Morgan's article? And I guess also, if you're not doing anything, what should you do? Or what do you want to be doing when you've got more time to do it? Okay, I didn't read Morgan's article, sorry. So I don't know what her what she laid out, but um, I don't know. I don't label it as, all right, one o'clock is self-care time. I don't know. I just sort of go about my day and that sort of takes care of itself. Um, I don't know. I don't really, probably like Holly, don't, I typically just sort of do things, not really thinking about, is this good for me? I just sort of like go about my day, but I don't know. Um, pretty much just had my same little uh, routines for a while now, pretty much. I don't know if I just go around and shoot basketball for an hour and a half, that'll clear the head. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. I don't, I don't label things as this is for self-care. This is to make me feel better. I just sort of go about my day and get what I need to do done, done. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, except if I'm thinking about it, most of the things I do, if you had to give them a label, probably be self-destruction <laughs> instead of self-care. Going to bed at 3 a.m. Uh, for a 9 a.m. podcast recording. Yeah, like a lot of late nights, putting off work, that I need to be doing, feeding my addiction to my phone, uh, eating food I definitely shouldn't be eating. You know, all these great, great habits I have <laughs> developed over over the years of university. It's really been great. No, but yeah, I, I mean, I this article along with, you know, just kind of hearing this more often as kind of self-care is becoming a more popular term. Uh, you know, it, it definitely makes me self-assess a little more that I need to kind of put myself into gear a little bit and really uh, be more deliberate with the ways I spend my time. I think would be I'd be better served for it. But what can you do? Yeah, for me, it's like, I don't know. I've never been like, like Jonah said, I'm not going to like block out an hour and be like, this is self-care hour where I'm going to, I don't know. Like, you hear the word self-care, and you're like, somebody putting on some nice music and lighting a candle and drawing a bath. It's not that for me. Like, if someone was like, what things you do to take care of yourself, that would sort of just be, well, want it sort of canceling out all of the bad things that I do. Um, so, you know, just, like, eating a little bit better to cancel out the fact that I don't go to bed on time. That kind of thing. Um, or, you know... I will sort of go out into the backyard and sort of shoot around a road hockey ball and that will cancel out the fact that I sit like a shrimp at my desk with my back all hunched over. Um, but, you know, other things where I just sort of like, it's not necessarily taking care of myself, it's just taking care of things. I like to have, you know, a very meticulous schedule. I um, My friends will make fun of me. I have an agenda on paper and I also have a Google calendar and I also have to-do lists physically on my wall and then in my phone. Um, just because it just helps me to know when I have to do things, um, when I sort of need to do things, and then that sort of keeps me from sort of ending up having to take an entire day to take a nap because I'm exhausted and burnt out and sort of just forgot to do things. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, what you could say I do for self-care. I also like to bake bread. That's the thing that I do. That is my every week time for myself is that I will make a loaf of bread and then my roommates will eat it, and they'll say, this is good bread, and that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, I don't know. This is, like, mid we have here, and I'm just looking at our, this outline we have about midterm season and whatnot, and I guess this was, that was sort of, like, the reason, the article, uh, for the timing, because I guess people are going to have midterms. 
uh, around the corner. Um, I don't know. This is like year four for me of midterm, so I feel like I'm pretty like good at it. Like I know, I know this is year four of university now. Like I'm sort of, I, I know myself. I know I got the hang of it. So I don't know. I'm not really scared of them anymore. Um, I know how to do well on them, especially because now it's like I'm, I'm have repeat professors. I know what to expect. Um, but I definitely think uh, like first year, like when I was in first year, like definitely that was a, a good wake up call because after that I sort of you know figured it out yeah I think structured time uh, can be good especially around these times that will get busier because really uh, first year my memory serves me which it really doesn't most of the time but <laughs> bear with me uh, in first year I do not remember giving a rip about pretty much any class until the, the midterm really really nothing up to that point was going beyond um, a very, very short reading to prep for my seminar half an hour before and then attending the lecture. And, you know, I really thought I had a handle on this university thing, but then those first assignments come by and there's five of them pretty much within a week of each other. Uh, that can really uh, do a number on you and really take you for a loop after uh, having those introductory weeks that are really nice and cheery. So uh, nothing wrong with kind of trying to structure a little bit more, especially you know, it's better better late than never, better to get into that now. Because uh, even, like, exam time can be tough because when you're not in classes, it's even easier to be less structured and to uh, put things off. So it does not hurt to, uh, to to start thinking about that stuff now. And that means, you know, structuring the, the non-self-care times, the responsibility times, and also structuring time for self-care. If that's what you need, if that's what works for you, because, like, a Jonah and Holly mentioned, you know, it's not necessarily everyone needs uh, the structure to it. You know, you just kind of can fall into rhythms of things that you like doing. Uh, it doesn't need to have a formal label, but I know for a lot of folks, you definitely need the, you need that label. You need that increased structure to your to your time to yourself, as well as you know the time spent doing work. So nothing nothing wrong with getting onto that now, even if you know midterms might already be here for some people. week that we thought was going to be uh, shorter, pretty ironic how much we were able to get into these more unique topics, but that's kind of the, the benefit of perhaps a slower news week. You can really uh, dig into some of the more unique takes that people shared. So that was nice uh, to get to do. I certainly enjoyed it. But with that, uh, we are at the end of this episode of The Latest. I wanted to thank Holly and Jonah for joining me again, as always, uh, and being able to talk about these great articles really appreciate your guys' time and input on that. Um, and just remember that you can you know, find all the articles we talked about and many, many more at our website, www.broadpress.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all at The Broad Press. Uh, share some stuff on there as well. Uh, on top of social media, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Anchor.fm, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Uh, just be sure to look up the latest Rock Press podcast and you should find us no problem. You can also find the podcast on our YouTube channel and through our website. With all that said, thanks again, and we will see you for the next episode of the latest. <laughs>